On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we are joined by Coach Vito Chevrolati, Head Athletic Director of Christian Brothers Academy and former AA player for the Blue Jays and the Orioles, as well as the Atlantic League. We'll also be discussing some... What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Senior Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick. I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Coleman, and our guest today, as you heard, Coach Vito Chevalotti. Coach, how you doing? Great. I mean, you guys are a tough show to get on. <laughs> I think I probably could have gone on like Boomer and Geo before this show. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank of you. Of course. Yeah, we were really excited. Um, as Jack mentioned, the NFL draft is six days away. Yeah. Um, Personally, one of my favorite sports events of the year, which is kind of weird because it's like an off-season, no action going on, but it's big for the next year and so on to uh, determine the future of the NFL. So and some of these teams... Especially this year's. Yeah. Like this year's has been hyped up out of proportion with the amount of quarterbacks that are uh, being considered. We got star potential in running backs. There's, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in this draft alone. And I don't think... I don't think there's a true number one prospect. I feel like there always is somebody, or at least two players, maybe. Um, like Carson Wentz and, jeez, uh, give me Jared Goff two years ago, right? And that was the discussion. Now it's like five different players who could go in the top two or three. I'd say even seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be tough to guess. There's been so many different mock drafts and whatnot. Uh, the experts aren't going to be able to pin this one down, I don't think. But. And there's so much pressure, right? I mean, uh, if you look at it from the top down, especially in today's game, because fans are so much more uh, informed yeah. because, you know, podcasts and, yeah. and, 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 you know, all of these different blogs online. I mean, guys are, are looking at every single pick with su- such pressure. Yeah. The general managers are feeling it. The owners are feeling it. And you got to pick the right guy. And when, when there's not somebody who stands out, like in this year's draft, for example, where, you know, you choose the wrong guy in a draft like this year, it costs you your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks they're a general manager. I mean, right. I, ourselves included, maybe, but that's true. We're so putting in the man hour so you don't have to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What was that? The senior or the student council? Uh, that was funny. Um, yeah. So we'll definitely discuss that. And I'm sure on. I believe it will be two Mondays from now will be our next episode. We'll be analyzing the picks nice. pretty pretty much in detail. But, uh, yeah, Jack? I'll, I'll start out. I'm, oh, I'm okay. feeling this. So I'm, yeah. I got some – I have two NFL pre-draft quotes. Sure. So let's Real get quick, though, the record, uh, we've had 12 episodes, and I believe the record is like – because one, one, one ended in a tie. I think it's 6-5 to five U. Um, we'll double check, but it's tight. You know, this season's been a close one. So we have two episodes left? Uh, yeah, including this one. Less. This is a big one. This is big. Yeah. Jack could clinch the uh, CBA yeah. season if that's what we want to. Now, call what's it. at stake? Because that's the thing that's that exactly I've been wondering been all year. I, there needs to be something. At stake. I mean, I this know. is really only the end for episodes filmed during school. Right. So right. I mean, like, it's not technically the end because we still have the summer. We're gonna right. try and get sure. some stuff out. So nothing's really official yet. Right. Um, My challenge to you guys before the next episode is for you to figure out what's at stake. Cool, okay. Definitely. Because people yeah. want to know. People want to know what you're playing for here, yeah, right? You're about to graduate. Play. Let's go. At the very least, we need a trophy or something. There you go. That would be pretty I like cool. That. Well, yeah. while we're at it, also, Coach Vito is playing for something because he can make his way onto our Mount Rushmore. Oh. Because officially, we have yeah, four. Big. We have four on the Mount Rushmore right, right now. So it's ever changing. I mean, I feel like Tony, <laughs> Tony Reale may have cemented his spot, but otherwise, it's up right, right now. What would we say? Sean Belby. 
uh, Coach Bizaz, uh, and Pat Light, maybe. Yeah, uh, those are the man. Other tough players. competition. Right. All right, I'll see if I'm up for it. Take down Bellamy. Come yeah. on, was like interview. I think that's the one. Yeah, but okay, Jack, get into your first uh, one. So real quick, before I do, oh. let's just explain the show real yeah. quick. Okay. I forgot to do that. So this is senior quotes. Aiden and I each bring three quotes onto the show relating to uh, current topic or player in a different field of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll give what sport it is, and then. Aiden has, or myself, have to guess the quote that the other person is saying. Who said it? What's it about? Half point awarded for each part of that that they right. get right. Cool. Yeah, so get into it, Jack. All right, cool. Um, let's see. I'm going with one of my NFL ones. I don't know which one is the better one to start <laughs> with. So uh, here we go. I'll go with this. My phone is still on. The power is still on. Who said it? And what organization? Oh, what organization? What organization? Who said it? My I'll give you that. I didn't see this one. And I'm really... Read it again? My phone is still on. The power's on. It's tough. I came hard to that. Yeah, this, this one... <laughs> uh, I feel like all mine are like softballs too, so I'm really... I'm You'll get upset. me with the MLB one. You always... I can't. Uh, yeah, I will probably. Um, I have no clue. I, I just want to say... It's about the draft. It's got to be a team picking early. I don't want to take too much time, so I'm just going to say it's the New York Giants. No, good guess. I went one up with the Browns. Browns, that was my the other GM one. John right. Dorsey. Okay. Uh, so, but what's this, this about? Yeah, yeah. So this is about them still potentially trading that okay. first pick, right. or maybe even that fourth pick, if yeah. you know the price is right. They're getting something good for it. Uh, but really, I just wanted to use this to talk about that first pick sure. and the fourth. Uh, that's going to be one of the most interesting things in the draft. My first thoughts are: Who are they taking with the first? Yeah, I mean, it's up in the air yeah, at this point, right. but we've heard everything from Darnold. They really liked him. We are, we're hearing Josh <laughs> Allen now because right. of this absolute cannon of an arm. Saquon is still in the question. John Dorsey was saying this yesterday. Really? He's still in the question. Even uh, Saquon was saying how his reps wanted to come out and just outright say that he did not want to play for the organization. But he came right back and said that he thinks he can be the LeBron right. for this Cleveland team. He's... And that was that was gonna be my other quote maybe uh, if, if I did. He's uh, a great pronounce. character, man. I exactly. Mean, he, he's yeah. got like integrity and whatnot to say even if he goes number one that he wouldn't pull. One of my favorite players, Eli Manning, who right. said, "I will not play for the Chargers." Um, it's cool to see that Saquon would not do that. Yeah, that he'll embrace that type of city yeah. and that type of organization. And you're going to need that if you're the Browns, right? But how about the Browns? I mean, they're just going to throw out smoke screens all day exactly. long. Exactly. I mean, they don't want they don't want anybody to yeah. know what they're planning on doing. Exactly. That's the same with the Giants at number two. Like, we, uh, okay, all right. I, I think that all these rumors come out for all these teams at the top. And I believe as much hype as it is for different players, it's more so to try to build trade value for that pick. You know, you want to say, oh, we think we're going to go Saquon to maybe push the Browns to take him number one, and then all the quarterbacks you want are there at number two for a QB needy team. So what I actually think should happen is that the Browns should, in all honesty, just go Saquon first, take him off the board, because at the fourth pick, they're still able to get one of the top five quarterbacks that everyone is raving about. I think it's so up in the air at this point. You don't know what you're going to get out of any of these guys. I, I think Rosen um, may be the most polished, but even so, you don't know what exactly you're getting your hands into. Even yesterday, it came out that they were thinking of maybe drafting two quarterbacks. I know, I saw That's that. a smoke I, screen if I've ever heard yeah, of that. Absolutely. That's but, like, yeah. hey, I and, mean, it's not the worst strategy. I mean, I personally wouldn't do it. It's... You well, know, here's a waste of a pick. Yeah. But. You know, I see both sides of it too. Because if you look at Saquon, obviously, you know, the career of a running back is limited in the NFL. Exactly. We all know that, right? Yep. The upside of drafting the right quarterback can set your franchise on fire. All right. Exactly. So at the end of the day, if you can get that franchise quarterback, you get them. However, if you are not convinced 
that one of these guys is your franchise quarterback and you make the wrong choice, yeah. it sets you back five, ten years. Yeah. So Barkley is obviously the safer bet for the Browns to take number one because you know he's going to come in, he's going to produce, but it's going to be for a short period of time. And then you're absolutely right. If one of these other five guys isn't separating themselves, you go with one of them at four. Yeah, and you just so. take whoever you feel is the best at that point. Yeah, I feel like my, my I guess, counterpoint, I see it as – Saquon's more likely to be there at number four than your favorite quarterback will be. So if you really think, or the Browns really think, that there's one guy that stands out to them, even slightly, if there's a bit of separation, right. you'd rather take him one because yes. there's definitely a good shot that Barkley's there at four. You know? So I actually think that whatever the Browns do with the first pick dictates the entire oh, rest of, of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually think the fourth pick is the more exciting one for them. Because then we get to start talking about guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. uh, Bradley Chubb, who Von Miller said was a combination of him and Khalil Mack, That's which is terrifying. <laughs> is I'm hoping he drops to the Niners. I'm a Niners yeah. fan. Yeah. And if Chubb drops to the Niners at uh, nine, oh my gosh. Jimmy G undefeated. Yeah. You guys are still undefeated. <laughs> still. That was huge for us. That was huge. Yeah, that's, that's big. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have another draft quote that I'm saving, we'll so to I'm gonna, we're going to get to some other to points. To finish the discussion on the number four pick, um, we can't rule out the possibility that the Browns traded. Like you said right. with this quote. So I think it's definitely likely that the Browns used the first pick because why yeah. wouldn't you, whether it's for Barkley or yeah. a quarterback or another surprise that we don't see coming. But the fourth overall pick is going to have a ton of value because I think it's a safe bet that Barkley's off the board by four if we're all saying that the Browns and the Giants are interested. Again, it's so hard to predict. But that means that there's going to be at least one or two solid quarterbacks there for, for a team like the Bills especially – um, the Broncos might want to trade down, but there are other teams in the mix, I'm trying to think the Cardinals maybe, who might want to move up and get their franchise quarterback at four. So I think the Browns will get will be receiving a lot of calls. Like Absolutely. John Dorsey said. I think the million-dollar question is, if the Browns take Allen or Darnold or one of these guys, what do the Giants do? We'll get there. Oh. oh. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, I, I like that. Too. got a bit of a hot take coming up. Just we're going to keep the audience waiting. Yeah, I like that. that. Good job. All right, you started with the NFL. I'm going to start with the NBA. Um, and I think this is my softball here. But it's going to take much more than that to get me out of this series. I'm going to be a nightmare for them. Oh, I know this one. Oh, I saw this last night. I'm pumped. I know it. All right, give it's, me all the context. It's <laughs> Wait. Wait, say this again? You said it was... What, what sport is this? NBA. All right. Because I, 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 I knew you it was NBA, it. so I didn't know if you, you were like, wait, it. was it NFL? No. It's Joel Embiid talking about last night. Uh, this is uh, Justice Winslow yes. stepping on his mask. Yes, let's go. Yeah, I, 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 wanted, I wanted you to name drop Justice Winslow yep, and what it. happened to describe to our listeners. Because I was listening back to our episodes. We don't give a lot of context sometimes. All right. you know? So for people that don't know what happened last night, this is talking about the 76ers Miami Heat playoff game last night. In the second quarter, or somewhere in the first half, um, the Heat's small forward, Justice Winslow, steps on Joel Embiid's mask. Uh, Embiid scratches retina or injured his eye somehow. Uh, orbital, orbital fracture. fracture. Orbital fracture. It was actually at that game where that happened. Yeah, so he needed the mask to play, and Winslow stepped on it. It really, really looked intentional. He tried it. to say that it wasn't. You love it? I love it. I love that stuff in sports. It's but, awesome. It's just like... <laughs> Who love. cares? Leave it all on the line. Right. Do anything possible to win. I but think I, that's cool. I loved Embiid's response. I had to leave it a little bit out, but I do remember it. He said, like, what Justice doesn't know, we, we've got 50 of those in the back. Like, that's, <laughs> you need, you're going to need more than that to take me out. So that's what he was saying there. Um, it was a great game last night. It's been way closer of a series than I think anyone was really expecting. Um, of course, Embiid was out for the first two games, right. which may have made it a little bit closer. And they did win last night in his return, but... Dwayne Wade looks like he's back in his prime. Where did he come yeah, from? I, I mean, tell you what, he looks like Dwayne Wade from 2005. Yeah, seriously. It's crazy. Um, and then, 
on the Sixers side, you've got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid running the show again. So I'm not going to say too much because we may have some more of this coming up later. Mm, um, that's fine. But <laughs> I, what I will say is that I actually... First of all, the mask was terrifying. I thought <laughs> Joel Embiid in that kind of mask, like a Batman-looking Joel Embiid, is terrifying. Um, secondly, I'm not sure if that was the smartest move because I heard before the game, if any kind of contact hit that eye, he could potentially be blinded or something like right. for life. And I think with a player as great as Embiid is, and he was great last night, I just think that's too high of a risk to be doing so early in the playoffs, yeah. so early in the series. I would have personally waited, especially since you have guys like Ben Simmons out there who were absolutely just, tearing it up. Just remember that he was the one complaining about uh, not getting back to the series yet. Like right. He thought it had been too late that he only came in game three. So I agree with you because that is a huge risk. To say that your star player could be blinded in one of his eyes is incredible to risk. But um, at the same time, if your player's complaining like he wants to get out there in a series as close as this where you're going to need every X factor you can get, um, maybe this was the time for that. Great players see tomorrow, right? That's it. They see today and tomorrow. They, right. they cannot see long-term. And it's refreshing to see a guy who wants to be out there. I don't like his comments, to be quite frank. I don't think he should have called out his organization the other day yeah, on, yeah. Uh, on Instagram. I think it was, you know, it's in poor taste. But I understand his frustration. I don't want to take – I'm not a guy who wants to take emotion. I was an emotional player. I don't want to take emotion out of the game. But, you know, when you're detached from that game hours later and you're calling out your, your own organization, I just think it was in bad taste. But I, I can at least appreciate the fact that he wants to be on the court. I mean, in today's yeah. game, a lot of fans will, will call, call our, our athletes babies, you know, because they might have yeah. an injury and they don't want to get out there. Yeah. So here's a guy, like you said, who's risking, you know, a possible life-changing injury because right. he wants to be out there for, their, for his team. So that's, that's refreshing. But all that being said... Great athletes really think about today and tomorrow. They can't see long-term. So I love that perspective. Yeah. And I actually think that a player like LeBron, who we've seen consistently always play as much as possible, I think there's ways to handle a situation like this where maybe if this were to happen to LeBron or something like that, where he would meet privately with the organization mm -hmm. and discuss sure. what should be done. And be going on Instagram and making that post is just in poor taste. Um, and you can see the different styles and leadership and playing yeah. that different between Embiid and a guy like well, LeBron. LeBron James is coming in and dictating what he's doing. Of and course. that's a big difference. I mean, that guy LeBron. runs yeah, the yeah. organization. So yeah. if he came in and said he's playing, nobody's stopping him. <laughs> exactly. right? Embiid's yeah. not there. So. Right. Yeah, and I think to close that, a little immature as well to turn to social media instead of, like you said, maybe discussing that privately. But yeah. all told, if he didn't re-injure his eye last night, it paid off because the Sixers did take game three and they're up two to one in, in, a, in a series that I want to keep watching for sure. But... Uh, Jack, get to your second quote. I, I think I'm going to get you here. I went with a real tricky one. Well, I'm not doing so hot. So. <laughs> so this is an NFL draft one, oh, but it's tricky. Okay. I can't shoot to save my life, but I can jump. One-on-one, -on -one, there's too much space. I don't think he'll be able to stick with my first step. I'm 230 pounds. He's probably 190 on a good day. So I'm just going to post him down and get easy buckets. This is an NFL It's game. NFL. So yeah. it's, what is it, like two prospects talking about the one-on-one game? I have no clue. That I is, know. It's a yeah. good one. Dude, oh my gosh. Um, 230, 195. That's all I can go off of. It's like weights. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, again, I don't want to take too long. Um, so I guess. Oh, man. Uh, 
I feel like it'd be funny. This is definitely not right, but I feel like it'd be funny if it's like Josh Allen and Josh Rosen talking it up because <laughs> that, <laughs> just go. Just that actually would be great. Yeah. But it's actually Saquon talking about Odell. Oh, uh, he thinks he can take him one on one in basketball. And I just want to bring this up because I'm talking Giants. You want to talk about Giants? I forgot about that. So that was your kid. So first of all, here's my hot take, not really, about the draft. Brown's first pick. So first pick, if the Browns do get Donald, I think that takes him off the board. That's the Giants guy as of right now. And if he's off the board, I say they're cemented with Saquon. I think they take him. And I also think the Jets want that to happen so that the Jets get Josh Allen. I think that is the key thing there. If, though, the Browns take Josh Allen with the first pick, because I think that's another possibility, then it's going to be 50-50 in the Giants organization between if they do take Saquon or if they do take Sam Darnold, because I've heard all over the place that in the organization, they love Darnold. I mean, yeah. that could be a smokescreen. Well, but so, okay, you can't argue with this. Um, this week, the Giants had two players scheduled for visits. The last two of the entire class, it was Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. So, as many scr- uh, smokescreens, excuse me, as the organization has been sending out, those, that was true facts, that both of them had visited with the organization this week. That shows true interest. You can't, you can't uh, smokescreen that, right? Um, Saquon had visited earlier. Uh, he's been pictured wearing a giant shirt and whatnot. I'm sure there are definitely connections there. Inevitable that he will play in New York. I know. I, Todd McShay I said that. That was uh, and if the ESPN analyst Todd McShay says that Saquon inevitably will be a New York Giant. So there's all these rumors. I personally think that there are a few other names that weren't mentioned there to go in the top three. I think Baker Mayfield is a good shot to go to the Jets. I don't see him on the Giants' radar. That's my choice. Be number three. That's my choice potentially if it is double QB for the first two. Oh, interesting. I think Baker then goes third. I actually watched uh, the QB camp thing with Russell Wilson. Sure. uh, And he was talking to Baker, and he seems a lot more mature than he was playing in Oklahoma. Yeah, seems like he's developed over this process going into the draft. Sure, he has. I was scared he was going to be the next Johnny Manziel. To be honest, he was definitely more talented, but that kind of personality can really scare organizations off. I think he's going to be good in front of the media because I don't think he ever had a problem with that. It was on the field where he would be taunting the other team or maybe a immature celebration. But I don't think that's going to be the type of player he is in the NFL. Um, he's still going to be a polarizing Absolutely. character, and that's awesome for a franchise that wants to sell merch. Um, the Perfect Jets, I mean, it fits, right? Right in the Big Apple. Uh, but there's one more player, and it's Josh Rosen. He could, he's not going to go number one. I don't think so. He's been linked to the Giants. He's been linked, though, as far down as number like 11 to the Dolphins. He's going to be the guy with the biggest range because while I think every single quarterback has a question mark, Josh Rosen's is durability, the concussion issue, and we were just discussing injuries – that is scary. That's scarier than having a quarterback with a cannon arm who doesn't have accuracy. You know, so as much as I like Rosen, and we were saying he may be the most polished quarterback, he may have much less time on his career than anybody else. And I also don't like that, uh, especially in terms of concussions, for the Giants because our line is absolutely terrible. <laughs> so if there were any team that did not want a quarterback that had concussion problems, it would be the Giants. Right. I mean, they're trying to improve that, but good point. So, and they're coming off a quarterback who, who hasn't been hurt his entire career. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Most um, durable quarterback in, uh, in, in NFL history. The only reason he misses start is Ben McAdoo wanted to play Geno Smith. You know, Otherwise, he'd still have that uh, career record. So I, I also bring this quote up to talk <clears throat> about Saquon sure. in terms of the lineup next year because we've heard a lot about okay. this. Yeah, yeah. We, 
Yesterday, Brandon Marshall was cut. Good. Des Bryant <laughs> wants to play. Not not good. Against the Cowboys <laughs> twice a year. Who's the better team? To pick? Who's the best team to pick if you want absolute revenge against the Cowboys and to play them twice? I don't think they could afford them though. The jo- well, he'd have to take like minimum contract pay. and uh, yeah. So the Giants uh, and his role would diminish too. I mean, he was like the, the big, number one receiver on on yeah. the Cowboys, and now we got Odell and even Shepard. Yeah, and Engram and, too. And Engram, the tight end. Um, we cleared five million in cap mm-hmm. with cutting Red Marshall, which is huge. That's not enough, in my opinion, for Des unless he does want to take a pay cut. That's the only way I could see this working out, and the only way I'd take it because if he's taking super, not super, but more money than we're comfortable with, to demand a bigger role than he should deserve playing on a team with so many uh, weapons already. I, I mean, I just don't see it working out in the locker room. I think I think it'll be fine. And you know <laughs> what? It doesn't need to work out in the locker room. It just needs to work out in no, the it, lifting room, the, the workout room. No, because I last disagree. night I couldn't disagree with that yeah. more. Yeah, I, I mean, last the culture night, is everything. Yeah, last night. Him and Odell going at it in the weight room. Yeah, I, I, know, yeah. I know. And there might be chemistry between Des and Odell, but I, I, that's not the only player on oh, the Giants. It's gonna Tom happen. Coughlin had so much success because he set a culture in the locker room. Ben Matthew couldn't do that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? The so, culture is everything. It's the lifeblood of a team. And, and great teams aren't just talented. They have that winning culture where the players care. You know, they care about each other. And that's important. Exactly. Yeah, have your back and whatnot. So I, I just don't think... We already have Odell, who in himself, you know, people have called him a bit of a drama queen. I love Odell, and he is one of the best wide receivers in the league right now. Arguably the best, right? Des Bryant is not near there, even though he thought he was. I think he has the same kind of ego as Odell, mm-hmm. but not nearly the same kind of talent. And that's scary. So, real quick, in terms of the Giants, I also want to bring up their other quarterback, uh, Davis Webb. Yeah, sure. So, I've talked with people about this, and... A lot of people think that because he didn't get playing time last year at all when there was that whole Eli scandal and Geno Smith was playing instead, they're thinking that maybe the Giants are kind of hiding him. Maybe they don't want other teams yeah. or organizations knowing that this dude is actually decent enough and we can afford to take Saquon because this guy can step in and work his way up in a lineup like this where you can have Odell, Shepard, Engram, potentially Dez, and Saquon to back him up. Yeah, it's a great group of uh, wide receivers or yeah. just receivers for a young quarterback to work with. And Nate Solder now. Yeah, too. Um, my only thing there, and, and I think if Barkley is picked number two by the Giants, then they have a lot more faith in Davis Webb than we've ever realized. But, I mean, he was a third-round pick. So, based on how scouts were evaluating the quarterbacks last year, and it was definitely, and actually, it was even less of a talented class than what we had this year, you know? So... Webb fell to the third round in that. He could be a fourth or fifth round guy in this year's class. It's just hard. It's hard to compare, first of all, and especially because we haven't seen him on the NFL field. But I, I think, mean, it, yeah, and I, and I would say in the world of fantasy sports, right, I think we lose sight of the fact that this is their career. Yeah. These are their jobs. There is no way in hell that last year they didn't put in Davis Webb because they were thinking about possibly taking Saquon Barkley exactly. this year. I mean, yeah. they, they're trying to yeah. win games. Yeah. They're trying to win games. If they believed in Webb last year, they would have played him. Um, and I'm not, I don't know who's, you know, I don't know. you got to trust the Giants on their evaluation and their players, obviously. They've done a, a good job of that. But um, the mistake that they made last year was obviously, you know, not going to Webb when they benched Manning. And that's, yeah. that's come back. But it might speak volumes to how they feel about Webb. Because at the end of the day, that Giants team last year, as bad as they were, and they were already out of the playoff, doesn't matter. They're trying to win that next week. They're not, those players, 
they don't care about next year's draft. Yeah. They're not yeah. even thinking yeah. about it. They're trying to win every week. Exactly. Yeah. Because we, us fans, can say like, "Let's tank," you know, "Let's get a high." Tank. Right. The yeah. players don't want to do they that. They don't care. Yeah. They look, they're playing for their careers. Exactly. You know, they're because, playing for contracts. Yeah. They're playing for their careers. Because if you look bad when your team is so-called tanking, that's terrible for you because you're associated with losing. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, even if that was a strategy for the team. That's not good for an individual. So you're right. That's definitely a motivation that the players have from their perspective. Um, we had a really good discussion there yeah. about the Giants, but we've got about 15 minutes left, which is definitely more than enough time for these last three quotes. Um, here's my baseball one. I think I'm going to get you with it, but just think about it, all right? When our pitchers keep them to three runs, they put us in a good position to win. We're just having fun, keeping it loose, and enjoying it. Um, Hopefully you can name the player, but I think you can definitely name this team's early success this year. Early success. Oh. Um, I'm giving you hints. He didn't anything about it. Oh, I have two. I have two. I'm stuck between the Mets or the Red Sox. I'm going to go with the Mets. I'm going to say the Mets. Okay, do you have a player in mind? No. I, I really... I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Um, would you like to guess? I would like to guess. Yeah. Okay. I think it's the Mets, too, and I'm going to okay. go with Frazier. I love Todd Frazier. I feel like he's been so much for that Mets team. But we are talking about the Boston Red Sox. Oh, right? <laughs> it was close. It was so I was looking for a Mookie Betts quote. Uh, he just okay. hit, he's had, what, multiple three home run games? Three. Like this year. Three. three in his career. In yeah. his career. Only, yeah. Which is a franchise record already, Jeez. I think, for the Red Sox. Broke Ted Williams' record. That's crazy. And he's only the third player in MLB history to do that. That's insane. He's, right, as much as I don't like the Red Sox as a Yankee fan... He's amazing. The quote was actually said by their other young outfielder, Andrew Benintendi, mm. who I think he also had one or two homers yesterday or something. Good I point. mean, everybody is getting it together for this Red Sox team, which is so scary for the Yankees, who yeah. were even more hyped and had an even bigger offseason, and we're sitting right around 500. So hard to, hard, to, hard to lose the pennant in April, but the Yankees are trying. Yeah, I mean, they, they really are. And if you look at – and it's not necessarily their fault because, look, at – Eight and eight, or wherever they're at right now, um, the Red Sox are just blazing yeah. through the yeah. division right now. So. I think they're either fourteen and two or sixteen. They're sixteen and two. and two. Sixteen and two. They've only lost two games. Um, the Mets have been on fire as well, and I do want to discuss that as well because while the Mets are a team built around this amazing pitching staff, the Red Sox have both. Man, they have Chris Sale and David Price leading Absolutely. the pitching. They've got Benintendi, Betts, JD Martinez. Um, the list goes on. Jeez. Uh, I could name more. Devers and Bogarts. I mean, it's scary. The Yankees, I felt like, had the best lineup in the league. And three weeks into the season, I don't know if that's true. Like, and Stanton it, was moved down yesterday, right? He got, well, he, he got moved to the cleanup spot, which I feel like is not much of a demotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I know. And I heard Aaron Boone talk about that. And, and, and they're not going to – I don't think that had anything to do with necessarily his production at this yeah. point. I think it really had to do with the matchup yesterday and how they felt that Sanchez yeah. was going to play in that matchup. But I do think, I, you know, look, the Red Sox, and I have to say, I picked them to win a division at the beginning of the year. I think they're the best team in the AL, uh, although Houston's obviously the defending champs. Right. Um, I just saw that team come so far last year with the lower expectations. And then yeah. to start this year with all the hype around the Yanks, uh, the pitching, at the end of the day, pitching matters. Right. Yeah. And bullpens in, in Major League Baseball – Bullpens fluctuate so much from year to year. Yeah. So although they had one of the best bullpens last year, there was no guarantee yeah. those guys were going to come back and produce, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, the Yankees have so many um, household names in that pen. You know, David Robertson, Betances, Chapman especially, and then Chad Green, who had an incredible season as well. And it seems like none of them can get it together. Uh, the rotation as well has really struggled. So it's definitely... 
on the Yankees, and we are nine and eight, so we're over five hundred. We had a couple of games that got postponed too, right? Yeah, we so we have played one less right now than the Red Sox. Um, at the same time, though, that's a huge deficit to start the season off with, and I think you're right. Going uh, beneath the hype, under the radar, is so beneficial for a team uh, in this kind of. I don't want to say playoff push because it's the first month of the season, but in this race that starts with game one of 162, I mean, the Red Sox have really gotten off to a hot start. And as a Yankee fan, that's really scary. Yeah. Right. And we need something to talk about, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. you guys in the media, you guys need something to talk about every day. Exactly. But baseball was never meant to be a game that was won or lost day in and day out. It's, it's a, a novel. It's a really a marathon. Yeah. So we got a long year ahead of us. Yeah, because I know I was listening to the fan um, one day. And about the Mets, they were discussing Matt Harvey after two starts in. Like, oh, like fans calling in, like, oh, we need to trade the guy and whatnot. Uh, trade him for who? Exactly. Nobody wants exactly. him. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, and to be honest, I really like Matt Harvey as a guy, as a person, um, because I feel like he's gone through more adversity than anybody else on the Mets right now. Um, but I think he kind of deserves it. Yeah, he's I mean, look, really he struggled since they that needed, one season. Yeah, they need to develop him. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, at this point, he's not a starting pitcher. He's not He's not a quality starting pitcher in the major right. leagues right now. So they need to figure out what they want to do with him. Wheeler's out pitching him right now for right. the Mets. So I think Wheeler has deserved a shot to be in the rotation. I think you have a decision with Harvey. You're either going to put him in the bullpen, um, see if he's a seventh or eighth inning guy. And you could have gave a quote from him last night. He's like, yeah. I'm a starting pitcher. Yep. He came out and clearly said it. I'm a starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, so, but we'll see. Look, his ego's got to go aside because at the yeah. end of this year, if he doesn't produce, he's probably not playing Major League Baseball next year. Crazy to think about, too, because what I call back to whenever I hear that name is the, the Sports Illustrated cover of him in uh, New York with the Dark Knight headline. And I think um, I've ha- I have so many friends who are Mets fans, and they were so excited when Harvey became the head of the rotation. And when he gets hurt, I mean, luckily DeGrom and Syndergaard you know, made themselves household names, but the Mets are a team that have struggled with so many injuries. Mm. Right now, everybody's healthy, you know, fingers crossed, knocked on wood, and they're doing super well. And I think Todd Frazier, as we mentioned, that leadership, and we saw it with the Yankees um, in their playoff push last year, that really does more than we can, more than the stats say, right, to push a team. Character, it comes back to what we were discussing with Culture the and character, absolutely. So, um... I don't know. I, I'm excited for the Mets because, obviously, again, it's April. We can't predict too much, if anything, about the uh, end of the season. But I do want to keep watching this Mets team, especially with Frazier added to that clubhouse. So um, I was going to get into my next one. Go for it. No, it. I think, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right, so I'll give you who said this, okay? Okay. I'm letting you know who said it. So it was Skip Bayless. Okay. So now you have to say the two players he's talking about in this quote. Sure. All right. Blank is back with a vengeance. I'm sorry, Blank, but they got next now. This is NBA. Yeah, NBA. Um, one more time. <laughs> blank, so that's a player, is back with a, with a vengeance. I'm sorry, different Blank, but they got next, period, now. Period. All right. Um, <sighs> from, from a tweet. It's a quote from a tweet. I'm just thinking of all the different playoff matchups. One came to my head, but I just don't think it's, like, prominent enough for Skip to talk about. This isn't my answer, but I immediately thought of Anthony Davis because the Pelicans are off 3 nothing in that series. Portland was supposed to be the favorite. Um, again, if I don't get this, you win. And I just want to speed it up. So I'm going to say Anthony Davis and Damian Lillard. But, nope. The second um, guy's got to be LeBron. Yeah, the second guy is LeBron. Because right. yeah. they're talking about Toronto. No. 
Oh my gosh. This is Embiid. This is from last night. Oh, Embiid wow. is back with a vengeance. Wow. I'm sorry, LeBron, but they got next now. Yeah. All so right. I've been. So are you win, first of all. You're all right. So <laughs> first I get all, half credit for that. Yeah, 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 so yeah. first of so all. I lost, I lost the coach as well. <laughs> he made it to Mount Rushmore. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I just want to get in on the East. I think the West is really cool, but there's already some series that are getting out of hand, like right, the Warriors, right. one. Yeah. Pelicans. So I want to talk about the East because. Mm. These teams aren't as good as the West. They're, I mean, compare the two, and the West is obviously going to come out on top most years. Right. So I just think this is actually the most entertaining side of the playoffs this year. Yeah. Because they're so tightly uh, competitive and matched up perfectly. Yeah. So first of all, I want to talk about this uh, Sixers-Heat uh, one. So first sure, of all, sure. we talked about Dwayne Wade, how he was back. Personally, I don't think Dwayne Wade is enough in an entire series and he can't come back enough to win an entire series if this does come to a Game 7. Um, I will say, like, Drogic and Winslow, they were on fire last night. They, their threes are great. But 76ers have Bellinelli and Dario Saric, who absolutely can shoot the ball. Yeah. Um, combined with the, I think, Simmons had 19 points, and I think Embiid had 23. Okay. So besides your two stars, you're still getting amazing minutes out of these guys who... Who knew Bellinelli was going to come out of nowhere like this? <laughs> no one did, I don't think. Um, yeah. And even Markel Fultz is something that the fans absolutely love when he comes in. And he's starting to put in decent minutes and decent yeah. playing time um, whenever he's out there. Also, uh, when it comes to the Cavs, now this is the LeBron part. Sure. I personally don't think that LeBron is enough this series. Or wow. not necessarily this series, but for the playoffs this year. Okay. He, put, he had 46 points the other night, and they still almost lost. It's not enough. Okay. LeBron is not enough. He's missing Kyrie desperately now. Mm. Kevin Love has never been enough for the Cavs. And you got old guys like Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith out there who, like, yeah, they can shoot, but it's not enough to win a series. And they will get absolutely destroyed in wow. the finals if they're to play oh, the yeah. Rockets or the Warriors. Um, also, for the Sixers, they, have, um, they potentially have the Celtics next round. I think that everyone underrated the Celtics just because Kyrie was out. That team has one of the if not the best defensive player in the league. They also have absolute young rookie talent. Um, and I think they can make it past the Bucks and potentially take down the Sixers. That'd be crazy. Yeah. So, Who's the defensive player you're referring to? Um, smart? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I was either going to say Brown or uh, Tatum. Okay, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I, I want to say Jalen Brown. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's what they've been saying uh, the other day. I was drawing a blank. So sure. I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. Okay. Um, but... When it comes down to it, we also have the, uh, the Raptors, who everyone says they lose in the playoffs. Next round, they could potentially be playing the Cavs, and everyone's like, the Cavs always beat the Raptors. Honestly, I don't think so this year. I think any team gets hot enough, any team has a great shooting night, yeah. and the Cavs go down. Okay. I say they don't make the finals this year. It'll be either Sixers-Raptors making it against either the Rockets or maybe the Warriors. Yeah. or I can even see the Thunder... Pelicans look awesome right now. Too. Pelicans are yeah. awesome. Donovan Mitchell's been great on the Jazz. It, the West is up in the air. Well, Over yeah. here, I feel like big names are falling. Okay. Um, I want to call back to Tony Reale's episode because he said that Philadelphia is a prime destination for LeBron James. So I made that connection immediately when you brought up Joel Embiid and LeBron James as the two names there. If you don't think Cleveland's enough for LeBron, and he is a free agent this year... I personally think that is the prime destination for him. And how amazing would that team well, be? Well, reality's pick was also the Bucks, And to have yeah. him play with Ante Canupo. So, I mean, that's also a possibility. My thinking is 
I personally don't think he would leave Cleveland if he were to make it past this round and maybe the next round. But anything lower, and I think it's yeah. time to talk. I yeah. think it's really, you know, is it time for LeBron to leave the East, time to head out West, maybe to the Lakers? I mean, that's yeah. been a popular theory. Yeah. I don't necessarily see it. But you put him on the Sixers, and you have two LeBron James out there <laughs> with him and Ben Simmons, yeah. and that is frightening. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if he gets to the Sixers, I mean, they're, they're automatic contenders next year to oh, win yeah. the championship, obviously. Yeah. But you're, ab- you're absolutely right. The, the Cavs are not making the finals this year. It's very clear. They want, we talk about culture. They don't have it. You know, LeBron's trying to do everything that he can. Obviously, he's an extremely special player. But at the end of the day, don't you guys get frustrated with the fact that he's just moving all over the place? You know, he kind of picks his teams and tries yeah. to make these superstar teams. I mean, I just I definitely grew up in a different era where that wasn't happening. Players right. were much more loyal to their teams and their towns and, and also to the, the, the talent they had around them. Um, you know, and, and that that just ekes me about not just him, but I think the NBA in it's general. The, yeah, it's yeah, the, it's yeah. the league, right? So it is the new norm. Yeah. Um, it does make for some entertaining drama, off the court drama, which yeah. I think the NBA wants. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've done an incredible job of of marketing their players, and that's their brand is their players. But it just drives me crazy that next year you could be on the Sixers. Like yeah. well, it, yeah, just, yeah, that's, yeah, it, yeah. it just kills me. So yeah. for for me, I actually love when teams don't do that. Um, so I think course, like yeah. like the Raptors they've kept their guys. Right. The Warriors well, pre Kevin Durant well, kind of did. Well, the Durant the yeah. Durant thing that ticked me off about the Warriors oh, exactly. that's exact, and and more so about what he did to OKC. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I've been consistent on this uh, when Pujols left the Cardinals. Yeah. And when, I was furious. <laughs> you know, the the extra cut and, and I will never begrudge a player for wanting more money, but he was a god in St. Louis. Yeah. Right. And he should have been a Cardinal for life. So, but who am I to tell guys not to make as much? money sure. but in the NBA it's a different story because they, they can't um, make any yeah, more yeah, money yeah, yeah. like that's Everyone it gets their money yeah in um, March again years we're running out of time all right um Adam Schefter said this okay um I what, what is this it's NFL yep. Adam Schefter yeah but I believe that a little bit you just have to tell me who said in what team blank announced the blank overall pick is for sale um I'll be honest he, he has been mentioning it you won already so I'm trying to get you to this to this who answer announced? Blank announced that the blank pick is over. Uh, blank overall pick is for sale. Is it like an? Oh, I'm gonna just say Giants and Gettleman. Um, as I said, it doesn't matter. Didn't discuss them yet. You did win. Yeah. It's, it's John Elway, the Denver Broncos. Number oh, five. you're right. Yeah, I heard about this yesterday. Team. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. another team that may be willing and dealing in a very prime position. Um, if the Bills, the Bills have two first round picks this year. They have a, I think, twelve and twenty two or something. They moved up once already. And they can package those two for a top five pick, which I think is a fair trade. I thought about it with the Giants, but they're a little too high. Like, number two, they should really capitalize on what they can get. If the Broncos don't feel that they have that star quarterback there at five, get as much talent as you can. You're going to get more than just those two picks. You'll probably get a second or third rounder, maybe a future first down the line if you can really negotiate it. And did they recently just get rid of C.J. Anderson? They did. They cut C.J. Anderson. So, I mean, if Saquon's still on the board after... Hey. Or, I mean, it's it's possible that yeah. quarterbacks can all go. That would be I crazy. say Saquon could potentially be a Bronco. All right, and the only way I see that happening, because I don't think the Browns are going to pick two quarterbacks like we said, is um, quarterbacks need to go all the first four picks, and the fourth has to be traded. So the Browns have to deal to the Bills. The Broncos would be sitting pretty at five at Barkley, who would be their future running back, you know? So, yeah. I mean, they could also potentially be going Minka Fitzpatrick or Chubb. I mean... There's a lot of stars, and I cannot wait to watch the, the draft. The draft's going to be exciting this year. Yeah. There's a lot of energy awesome. behind it. Yeah. 
Well, it's all the question marks, you know? Exactly. So it's just going to be awful. You can't predict it, and I think that's the best kind of sports. That's right. why we love March Madness. That's why, I mean... It is funny baseball. if you think about it. You, yeah. know, we, you know, we sit around and we, we literally talk about it for months, and we have no clue what's going to exactly. happen. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Been, I feel like we've been discussing the draft since the Super Bowl so, like, right. even took place. So, even just right here on Senior Quotes, but... Um, I just can't wait to watch it, and we will definitely pick it apart. Yeah, uh, love a Monday show. I believe that's going to be Mr. Lutz. Uh, oh, cool! Wow, so, oh, there you go. Yeah. Talk about some sailing yeah. too. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Coach, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. You guys do a great job. Yeah, I love awesome. listening to your episodes every week. Keep thank it up, you so man. much. Keep All going. right. Well, with that, um, we'll be signing out, and we cannot wait to discuss in our final CBA episode the NFL draft and a lot more. So, thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good day.